listeners. Hi, listeners. Uh, welcome to another episode of Bisexually Lit. I'm Summer. And I'm Dex. Let's get lit. <laughs> Let's uh, do it. Uh, um, How are you doing, Dex? I'm doing all right. I had sort of a uh, a personal tragedy recently. Um, I just had to take off the headphones because I was like, why is everything echoing around me? Oh, yeah, me? I just realized you're still wearing <laughs> <Yeah>. those. <laughs> uh, I had a personal tragedy recently, which was really hard, but I'm slowly starting to work through it, and I'm hoping that the good vibes of the movie today will lift my spirits a little bit. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and also recording. I feel like recording tends to put me in a pretty good mood. Um, it tends to help me work through some stuff, I guess, even if it's not yeah. explicitly said. Uh, so that's good. Absolutely. Um, how are you, Summer? Well, I'm good. I I completely echo what you said. I feel like this movie that we're going to talk about today is just like fits in with that kind of headspace perfectly because I just love you and I want to support you and I want you to like see yourself the way I see you because you're such a just a smart, amazing badass and you do so much and you're so smart and funny and I love you. And, and I'm I single too, you so listeners. Much. And by the way, don't you know? <laughs> God, I, uh, you're single. Yeah. Okay, how annoying is it going to be if I if I'm always talking in this accent? Just you know what? I was thinking about that. Um, I'm terrible at accents, actually, generally. Really, but I have to like listen to it for it to really click in my brain fresh. And I didn't do that before we started recording. Oh, so we might need right. to we pause gonna... and and have a little because <laughs> we, we might give you a nice little accent bump on this episode because. <laughs> Yeah, the accents in this movie are so great. Yeah. So today we're talking about a movie that is very close to both of our hearts, uh, and it is called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. Yes, this is this is one of my comfort movies. Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I I love it for so many reasons, and honestly, um, well, I guess we can just like dive right in what is your relationship with this movie oh god Dex. um so i had never even heard of it before i met you um you're welcome <laughs> and then one night we were hanging out and not sober and we watched it and i didn't remember a ton of it but i did enjoy it mm -hmm. uh and then i was hanging out with zach and some of the other winterhawk people and we watched it again and then you and i watched it again the other day <laughs> and then i watched it again the other day to like take notes and prep for the podcast so i've seen this four maybe five times in the last uh i don't know 10 months um but it's impressive it's mm -hmm. been i i love it it's so fun like i i went in like having no idea what to expect i knew it was like a comedy but that was it and i, I just like there's something so soothing about listening to two middle-aged uh women just like talk and discover themselves yeah uh, it's lovely i think it's i don't know if it's like made the way into my ranks of comfort movies but it's definitely up there as like a feel-good movie that I like to watch with my friends uh and like it kind of I, I yeah I really like the way that it's put together I really like the things that it says and um I think it's a really good like sort of feminist comedy tentpole <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. What about you, Summer? Totally. What? Um, well, I remember you talking about um, how I introduced you to this movie. I think the the way that it came up initially is I referenced a quote from it. I said mm -hmm. 
that I was trying to get my shimmer back. Yes. And yeah. and I was like this was like right when we were prepping to start the podcast too. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about how I'd been in a funk and like my mental health wasn't exactly very stable and just kind of wasn't feeling myself and I and I referenced that and I was like, oh my God, wait, have you seen Barb and Star go to Vissel Del Mar? And you're like, what's that? And I was like, <laughs> just you wait. Oh, and I, know, I, was, I was like, are you, is that, is that a, is that a movie? Yeah. Or is that, <laughs> what is that? It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's very true. It's a, it's an aesthetic. It's yes. a way of thinking and mm-hmm, being. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so when this movie came out, um, I, this was peak pandemic days. Oh God. Um, so let me take you on a little walk down memory lane <laughs> when this movie came out, because it really was pretty formative for me in a lot of ways. Um, I was not in the best place. <laughs> I mean, it was the pandemic. Both physically, mentally, emotionally. Yeah. I mean, uh, who, who was really, except for my boyfriend, Gary, who reminisces fondly about those days because well, he he's just such an like, introvert and he, he doesn't like being, being around out. people. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm so happy. Extremely valid, honestly. Yeah, people can suck. Um, but okay, so I was living at my parents. So, kind of to give you a little picture of my life. So, um, I had to move in with my parents during the pandemic because rent doubled, and my ex-husband and I had separated, and he moved out, and I was living alone, and it was fine up until rent doubled, and I couldn't afford to live there anymore, mm-hmm. and I couldn't really afford to like move during the pandemic and and find a place to stay, you know, and so I moved in to my parents' basement, and I love my parents dearly. They are good people. Hi, Summer's parents. They, I don't know they if are you listen, definitely but... not listeners. <laughs> I'm putting it out no. into the universe. Hi, hope you're having a good day. Uh, we love you, um, or I love you. So, yeah, um, it was kind of a weird time because I was working. Uh, um, I had this weird job. It was for this online bank, and it was customer service, and I was on the phones. It was a phone job, right, for nine hours a day, basically. And I was a supervisor, and it was a lot of stress, and the company kind of went to shit during that time. Um, And so I was working from home, right? So I was, like, living in this basement, working in this basement, and helping take care of my father, who has Parkinson's, and it was just a lot Um, So it was a rough time for me. And, you know, we've talked before. I've referenced how Dex and I both come from an LDS background. Um, You know, I being back in like, even though it wasn't my childhood home, because I'm from California, Mm -hmm. my parents moved out here about eight years ago. It still very much has the essence of my childhood. I mean, it's my parents. I mean, I definitely get that. Like I moved back in with my parents after graduate after graduating college. And like it was something similar. It's like you know, this wasn't my childhood home, but it's still like the family I was around, the art on the walls, the general vibe, like mm-hmm. the pace of life. Exactly. And so it really kind of like forces you to like either completely retract into yourself or like go back to the things that you did when you were younger. Yes. And when you come from a background that's like religious and not accepting of your lifestyle and not accepting of like the way that you think and are that's really really difficult so yeah I, I you feel get your it. pain I'm sorry <laughs> thank you yeah. um so this movie came out during the midst of all of that mm-hmm. and I watched it um in my bed on my little laptop <laughs> and I like that was like the first time I remember in a long time that I 
was like crying from laughing so hard and it just lit something deep in my soul that I hadn't felt um spark in so long and I felt alive again and it really meant so much to me this movie um I I just love it so much so yeah I fucking love this movie if you have not seen it I admonish you yeah. <laughs> to go find take somewhere a to rent it. It's it's so so good and it's so worth so the $4. like dollars warm. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it'll make you feel better. It really will. It really will. And and if it doesn't, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. So love this movie. Um. I I think that it's like there's. I guess I'll save a lot of these thoughts, but I just, it's so cool because, like, there's not that many movies out there about middle-aged women, oh, like, revolving right? around, like, a friendship. Yeah. Um, even though there there is, like, a romance plot, like, it's not the crux of it. Like, Yeah, that's the, not the core relationship. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's so cool, and I love that Annie Mumolo and Kristen Wiig are, like, best friends, and they wrote this together, and they had such a huge... Their, their voices were not stifled, you know, mm-hmm. in this. They were able to tell the story that they wanted to. Um, well, because so cool. Was mm-hmm. this the movie that Kristen Wiig made right after? Because there was time between Bridesmaids and this, right? Oh, yeah. Quite like, a lot of time. This seems like a um, sort of like a spiritual successor to that, though. Like, it's very, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like maybe the success of Bridesmaids allowed her a little bit more like creative and artistic totally. freedom with this one. Yeah. And I think she absolutely deserved it and she knocked it out of the park. Like she and Annie, what was her last Mumolo. name? Mumolo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She and Annie Mumolo just like did such a good job with it because they had such a clear vision of like what they wanted the audience to feel. Yes. Because it's what they feel. Yes. I don't know, it, it seems that way. Totally. No, yeah. And I, yeah. I have watched some interviews with them okay. um we can kind of get into like some of the production background if yeah, you want I'd love now. it yeah um so yeah they actually kind of conceived of this idea when they were shooting bridesmaids okay. um because annie momolo she has a very small bit part in bridesmaids mm-hmm. um but she's she was really more a writer producer right versus kristen wig starred in it um but they were still working very closely together and uh, they had they wrote this one character. It was one of the moms. It was like one of the bridesmaids' moms, mm-hmm. who was this midwestern lady. And they had to cut most of her scenes, but basically, like Barb and Star were based on that character that they had because okay. they were like, one day we'll write a movie about this character because we love her so much and all of her scenes got cut. She like shot from like all of her clothes are from Costco. Like Costco, the Kirkland brand. You could you could model for F and Chico's. I'm talking Kirkland. <laughs> I um, love it. So I, yeah. I totally get that too. Like when you are working on a project or a piece of something and it like doesn't quite fit into what you're doing yeah. but like you find that piece that just makes you feel like creative yeah. and things are it flowing and things away. feel good like it yeah. sticks with you yeah like, it becomes yeah. like a running bit in your own head or something yeah yeah uh, yeah so yeah so they yeah Annie Mumolo and Kristen Wiig um decided to write this movie and one thing that I love which is another like kind of something that I would like to um, adopt into like my own personal philosophy. Um, So when they wrote it, they did not limit themselves to what they thought studios would like say yes or no to. Oh, so they were like, okay, because it's very if you if you ever sat down to like work on a project or write any kind of especially with film, because like, you know, when you're writing a, a piece of fiction, that's like 
just a book you mm-hmm. know it's not gonna have to be produced ever right um, the production costs are way lower yeah it's like yeah. we can definitely throw a person into a perfectly realized volcano in a novel but in a movie that might be a little expensive exactly so the studios are gonna cut it yeah yeah so they put that out of their mind they they said you know what we're not going to allow this what if or not what if but you know the the concept of are they going to green light this mm-hmm. we're just gonna write whatever we want um and they they definitely had production notes but like one example that Kristen Wiig gave she was like when we were writing the part where star talks to the crab and is asking the crab for advice like when she was writing that she was like oh there's no way they're gonna like let this get through and they did nice. um so yeah love that for them um but they wrote they wrote the movie and Apparently, so Josh Greenbaum is the director. Mm-hmm. Um, he there's a movie out right now that he directed called Strays. It's that new. Oh like, yeah, the which, Jamie Fox. Yeah, yeah, Will Ferrell. Like it. Yes. It doesn't. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've actually heard that it's pretty funny. There are a lot of comedians in it that I love. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Josh Greenbaum also directed that. But he was mostly this was his first narrative feature. Really? This was his yeah. He he had done a bunch of documentaries before this. Which huh. I'm like, God damn, like what a dream for, a for really... this to be your first narrative feature yeah. and to work with like Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo. Come and on. Also, like that's such an interesting pivot. Like going <laughs> right? straight from documentaries into like this sort of bubblegum comedy totally uh, yeah. it's kind of impressive it is yeah so uh Kristen Wiig was at South by Southwest and she saw his documentary um called Becoming Bond mm. which was about what is his name the actor he was the second Bond I can't remember his name he's Australian so yeah so she saw this movie and I, I I'm very curious to see it because mm-hmm. I'm like what about that documentary made her think like oh my god this is the guy for this <laughs> need to get this yeah but yeah. I guess she went up to him after and was like I loved it I would love to work with you I have a project that's like we're trying to like you know um, get on wheels right now and he, he I listened to an interview with Josh Greenbaum and, and he was like yeah I didn't I didn't think anything was gonna come of it you know that kind of stuff happens but like her agent reached out to me like a week later emailed me and was like I want to set up a lunch with you and Kristen so you can talk about this and it was so cute hearing him talk about Kristen Wiig pitching this idea to him because like she was just so passionate and excited about it and like so invested in these characters and this story and he said that like immediately he was sold and wanted to work on it I love it um so it is hearing that made me feel a little better about the fact that like they didn't bring on a woman director because I was like it would have been so cool to like because because the production company is the Gloria Sanchez Mm -hmm. production company which is Will Ferrell's um, production company that was specifically designed to work on female driven projects and female led projects yeah Uh, that's like really Josh Greenbaum like hasn't done a ton of other stuff um but yeah so they shot it in 2019 principal photography was in mm-hmm. 2019 and then it was set to release in theaters in 2020 but of course the pandemic hit and so it got a video release in 2021 oh wow um so yeah. was it ever in theaters never oh no isn't that sad i would love to see this in theaters. i know me too oh. i we should probably rent out Brewies or something. I know, that's what I was just thinking. Movie. Like, this would be such a fun movie to watch at Brewies. Uh, yeah, it really would. Which is would. like a bunch of people oh my God. getting... There's, so it's a, 
this is a theater slash bar near us in Salt Lake. Um, and you go and you drink and you watch movies. And they have really good food, too, actually. Oh, nice. Um, I saw Barbie there with, with Kim, actually. Oh, with Mick, love Barbie. Last guest. Um, yeah, so... A little bit about that. Mm. Um, and then, like, yeah, I mean, just all the interviews I watched, like, it seems like just the most fun set ever. Mm. I love that it's so whimsical and, like, it's not a musical, but there's, like, a musical number that's, mm-hmm. like, so fun. There's multiple musical yeah, numbers. Uh-huh. And Jamie Dornan being, like, I, Kristen Wiig was talking about how, like, when they wrote the character, they envisioned him, Jamie uh-huh. Jordan, but they're like, he's not going to agree to do it. Right. But he read the script and loved it and was like, uh, my first attempt at comedy? Yes, please. That's amazing. I mean, to be fair, like, Fifty Shades is kind of comedy in its own. Well, right? It's farce, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unintentional farce. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah. I, I really, really like that, like, it seems that they, you know, when you're putting all those thoughts of, like, studio notes out of your head, it really allows you to create with like a lot of heart and energy and like like you were talking about the the meeting um with Josh Greenbaum like she had all this energy still it feels like often when you are creating something with other people in mind or or like what if what if someone else doesn't like this a lot of the energy gets sapped from it and you yeah. make a few like creative alterations that it's like ah well and you're sacrificing maybe I, yeah your, your like maybe i vision. would like to explore something else for this but that's not really going to happen so but then when you kind of step in and say okay i'm making this for me i'm i'm creating something that's going to make me feel happy and energized um then we get to see like some really really great stuff and like it had such an emotional effect on you at a dark time in your life it had an emotional effect on me like this is i I don't know the act of pure creation really allows you to spread those positive emotions in like such a great way which is why you know studio executives should just get out of here they should just like fuck off and die yeah i i think we're ready to go into the recap but i think think we're gonna take a quick break first and when we come back we're gonna tell you all about this movie and the fun things about it okay uh be right back brb bye Listen close. You'll hear it in the rustle of the leaves and the whisper of the wind. In the falling snow and drifting clouds. The song of the road. The story of the people of this world. A soaring eagle, a scampering mouse, and the myths that surround them. They traveled through snow-dappled fields and across rolling oceans. To raucous festivals and somber forests. Not every journey needs a destination. Sometimes it's enough to wander and roam. Wander and Roam, an improvised pastoral story, releases Wednesdays at 8 a.m. We are so freaking back we're back welcome back <laughs> welcome to uh yeah welcome back to bisexually lit we're talking about barb and star and we're about to go into our uh recap barb and star is just very easy to keep rhyming it with stuff inadvertently <laughs> just some nice little internal rhymes there mm-hmm. um so 
yeah. Uh, I didn't take great notes this time, but I've seen it so many times as recently referenced. I think I can remember, but Summer, you're going to help me oh, out yeah. if we'll I forget anything. We'll tag team this bitch. Yeah. So we open on a cute little city uh, or a cute little suburb with a young Asian boy, kind of chubby, like listening to headphones and grooving out on his <laughs> so little bicycle, cute. throwing newspapers at different houses. Uh, he looks like he doesn't have a care in the world. He's having so much fun. He's lip syncing along. And uh, then he's almost out of newspapers and he arrives at one house, stops, throws it directly against the door. We have a moment of tension. And then he starts singing again and rides away. <laughs> it's so what is great. that song that he's singing? I don't know, but it's so fun. Like, it's got such a good, like, poppy, like, lovey vibe. Not not romantic, but lovey and, like, loving the world vibe. Yeah, I, I um, feel like I should know what really perfectly is. sets the scene for oh, the movie. And he is just, like, giving it his Oh, all. my gosh. This he's kid like, is amazing. He's all over it. He's amazing uh what's his name is rain doy mm-hmm. i believe yeah. um this yeah. kid he he's a great little actor he was in um that 90s show he's yeah. so funny he's so funny and, he's a yeah trip. he's fantastic and he kills it in this. this movie because he's he's such a great opener and then immediately he continues writing out into the country and we see him go into a secret lair and it becomes clear that he is evil. And we see a couple people up there. We see a woman with white skin and dark hair, uh, very scary and enunciated. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, we yes. also see Jamie Dornan. Uh, Edgar. Edgar. Thank you. Edgar. I'm like, it's Jamie Dornan. I don't know. His, his name is Edgar. So the, sorry, the song that I I know this is a little late, no, but no, I have to ahead. look it up. The song that Yo-Yo is lip syncing to is a Barbara Streisand song. Oh, hell yeah. Um, it's called Guilty. So yeah, this group of people plus one scientist guy, uh, they're discussing a plan um, the scientist has made genetically modified mosquitoes that will respond to some sort of transceiver mm-hmm. and it's will like a homing device. Yeah, yeah, will like descend on whatever's around this transceiver and sting people. But it's not mosquito bites; it's poison. Yeah, and I mean it's, and one it's still mosquito, mosquito bites, has but the one power to kill like one person yeah. basically, and so thousands of people could die if you have thousands of mosquitoes. And uh, the the lady with white skin which her name is sharon gordon fisherman sharon I, she does not say her name very much i we don't love get her, name. her full name so much sharon, sharon gordon, gordon fisherman. fisherman uh she's very obviously trying to parlay this mosquito thing into an evil plot but the doctor doesn't seem to know yeah but then he catches on and he realizes oh no they're going to use this to kill thousands of people oh no i thought i was working on rabbit herds of animals but no this is not this is for people instead of herds of animals too much and so they shove him into a room with the mosquitoes and he says no 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 you can't do this my house is full of evidence and then sharon gordon fisherman (laughs) looks over to yo-yo yo-yo presses a button and at the newspaper that he had on the uh, house, which apparently is a scientist's house, blows up. Mm-hmm. Along the evidence with all is, the evidence. The yep. evidence is gone. And Sharon Gordon Fisherman says, now no one can stop me. And, and then, then we get our title card. Yes. Oh, my God. It's such a good intro. All of it. Um, another bit that 
I love so much is when she's saying hello and like greeting, you know, the scientist and Yo-Yo and everyone. Mm-hmm. She's like, does anyone want a drink? And then <laughs> there's this, this soda machine that rises from the ground and <laughs> she proceeds to make herself a suicide. <laughs> and her secret is that she adds us. Um, a splash of iced tea because she likes the bite. Lemon infused <laughs> yes, iced tea. Yes, lemon infused iced tea. It's um, great. She, which is setting up. It's it's yeah. Uh, it pays off later. And also uh, this ugh. this character is played by Kristen Wiig and mm-hmm. quite a bit of makeup. Um, but she like the way that she holds herself, the way that she speaks, she's like such a great character. Very difficult to recognize, kind of, especially yeah. when compared to Star later. So and so many people. Did you know it was her? Did I, had, I have to tell you? The first time I watched it, I had no idea. Yeah, because my friends, I watched this with Zach and Adam, too, for their first time, my friends, and a few friends that I've watched it with. To me, I don't, I'm not sure, like, why it was so easy for me to tell, but I immediately was like, oh, yeah, it's Kristen Wiig. But, yeah, so many people had no idea that it was her. So, yeah, so after we get our title card, we are introduced via Shania Twain's (laughs) Man, I Feel Like a Woman (laughs) to two middle-aged women sitting on a couch talking and talking and talking and talking and talking and talking. In the middle of a furniture store. Well, we don't see it's a furniture store for a little while, right? Like... Um, I don't know. It's it's this great intro where you, you see the Jennifer Convertibles sign, which okay. is the name of the place. But yeah, yeah it's not it's not very clear at yeah. the beginning. So they um, <laughs> they're talking just about anything that pops into their head. Oh, I had a dream that I was making love with a man on the Pringles can. Like, what kind of Pringles? Plain. I, I like, like everything, everything plain. plain. <laughs> like, oh, I think Mr. Peanut is so sexy. Well, he's got the top. Hat. Well, he's so smart. Oh, I love a man with a monocle. <laughs> oh, it's so great. And like, it's so funny because when. Yeah, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, this is like me in summer. Like, this is so <laughs> us-coded. Like, we can just talk and talk and talk for hours and hours. But they, the things that they talk about are a lot more, like, just random. Light and like, fluffy. I can't imagine having those thoughts. Like, those those wonderful little <laughs> observations about the world yeah. just popping into your head. It's pretty magical. It's wonderful. <laughs> I love it. And, and they're so comfortable with and, each other. And their conversation is intercut with um, close-ups of them dancing along to the song to Shania Twain but like in little in, tiny ways yeah tiny like, like like lifting their necklace and moving it from side to side just like bouncing <laughs> like, in that way that like kind of middle-aged ladies yeah, kind of do sometimes <laughs> yes oh it's great but uh, um so then yeah they're interrupted though by a couple attempting to buy the couch that they're sitting on because they're in a furniture store and they're working they work here and uh the couple asks to buy the couch and they say oh no you can't buy the couch uh this is the floor model and Sorry, it's like, not for sale yeah it's not for sale and then they're like well we we would like to buy it and they're like well this is our special couch like we can't we can't get rid of this couch this yeah. couch is so special to us and like they talk <laughs> this about is our talking couch it's so sweet um and then the couple is like wait you're so you're not you're, you telling want, you're telling us not to buy this because couch? you want to sit on it and talk on it. Oh, you she gets, she it. gets it. Oh, they she get gets it. it. <laughs> thank you. You've been so helpful. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. Like it's it's great. And they're, they're so well intentioned, and they so, are so sweet and supportive, and like uh, and just like oblivious. It's yes, wonderful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that conversation gets cut off by their boss uh, bringing them into his office and telling them that they are fired they're gonna be like oh because because jennifer convertibles <laughs> as a national chain closed like eight months ago and no one told them <laughs> no one told the boss and so, my favorite part about this is they're like 
oh, they're so devastated because this is their dream job. And they're like, oh, no, where are we going to hold our Thanksgiving dinners? And he's like, you come into the store when it's closed and host Thanksgiving dinners? And they look at each other like, no. <laughs> There's just a very long, pregnant pause. Yes. <laughs> and then, no. And they, and we learn that they always come in together regardless of whether or not that one of them is scheduled. Yes. So if like Barb is scheduled and Star's not, she'll go in anyway. Yeah. And then they realize that neither of them were on the schedule that day and they both just showed up there. Oh, I, I wish... I wish I had that kind of time. I you know. know. I, I wish I could just and like, I wish I liked my job enough to just yeah. like go when I'm not scheduled. It would be fun to just like hang out while your best friend's work and just like chill out. Actually, yeah. we've done that before. <laughs> like, yep, that's yeah, true. When you used to drive for DoorDash. <laughs> yep. um, so yeah, we we see them dealing with the, you know, fallout from losing their jobs. They're devastated. This was the dream job. This was the hottest job in the city. They live in Soft Rock, yes. Nebraska. Which is such a great name. Great name. Soft Rock, Nebraska. Great Come name. on. But they, like, all of their social cachet is gone. They don't have high school degrees. Nope. No one's going to well, hire you, two women. Well, you have a high school degree. I don't. I thought you did. No, I don't either. Kazoo <laughs> <laughs> tight. Thank you. They they have a very, like, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern vibe in this, mm-hmm. where it's like, we're kind of the same person. They've we're kind of just like... one, yeah. Yeah, like, they're kind of losing their identity a little bit, but, um, you know, they... They're just hanging out all the time. Yeah. But they live together. Yeah. As as they're discussing that. And walking down yeah, the road. They see this woman who is dressed in like turquoise. Her long blonde hair is like blowing in the breeze. She's like she has a little like down the street. A little trot. Yeah. <laughs> and they say, Oh my God, you look great. Where did, what what is going on? And she says, Oh my god, girls, you have to go. There's this great little place in Florida called Vista Del Mar mm-hmm. and it's fantastic and they say oh well I don't think we'll be able to make it like that doesn't really sound like it's going to happen right now yeah. and then she says well I'll bring you a brochure later I love that she's like yeah I'll drop off a brochure like she just has brochures to hand it's out like, to girl, people girl are you getting a commission on this <laughs> and um, that actor so her name, she's also a really good friend of Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumalone. Yeah. She was in Bridesmaids too, um, and they wrote in like a part just for her. Oh, and her name is—I always forget her name. It's Wendy something. Wendy McLendon. Why are you blocking off half of her name? McLendon Covey. Okay, that's quite um, the name. Yeah, and she. She's really funny. She is just like. She's glowing, and she's like, it's Vista Del Mar. You got to go. Yeah. It's for middle-aged queens like ourselves, <laughs> and all the men will love you. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm married, so I wasn't looking, mm-hmm. but there are some great guys there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's great. And so next we see Barb and Star at a social gathering. Yes. It's called Talking Club. <laughs> there are like three other women there. Maybe? Yeah. yeah. It's Vanessa Bear, who is the leader of Talking Club. She's, she's like the – I think she's like the – unofficial president she's kind of self you know appointed (laughs) oh my god and i love vanessa bear so much and seeing her just be like so smiley and yet cruel is just something about it yeah it's so good and then we have phyllis from the office which i don't know her name me neither sorry girl (laughs) um and then also fortune feimster who i love and she's so funny she's a great comedian um 
You've probably seen her in some other stuff. Yeah, but probably. Yeah. So they yeah. have this club where they literally just sit around and talk about one specific topic. Yeah, they have to pick a topic out of the bowl and they're not allowed to talk while about they eat anything hot dog else soup. while they talk, eat hot dog soup. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. So the topic tonight is jobs. And what's the name of the main? Vanessa Bayer's yeah, character. Yeah, Vanessa Bayer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't remember. I'm like, I don't know her character's name, name, but it's Vanessa Bear. Uh, They try and get out of it. And she's like, no, no, no. The topic is jobs. Mm -hmm. And they make up an elaborate lie. (laughs) And it's so good. It's it's like It's in the same style of um, the character that Kristen Wiig plays on Saturday Night Live with Fred Armisen. Mm -hmm. Kat and Garth, I think, are their names. Mm -hmm. Have you you watched that sketch? No. Okay, we need to watch it. Look it up. It's so funny. It's these two, like singer songwriters who wear matching vests like holiday vests Mm -hmm. and they come on um they it's it's the uh weekend update and so they come on and they they're they're supposedly like these great songwriters but they never actually write the songs ahead of time and they're winging it they're making it up on the go and they follow each other's leads and that's basically what barb and star do in this moment because they're like oh we can't tell them we lost our jobs so we just have to lie (laughs) and they come up with we had a delivery and there was a guy and another shorter guy that wasn't quite as tall but like they're they're just kind of like fumbling through it it's a very classic like improv exercise Um, following each other promotion (laughs) and they end up getting a promotion and then star breaks down she says oh i can't lie we lost our jobs Mm -hmm. and immediately the talking club is like oh you're banished. Yeah. That's one of the only rules is no lying. No <laughs> lying. So they lose their spot in talking club and they've just lost their job. So that night before bed where they sleep in like their two little like. Uh, it's like I love Lucy style. Like yes. like matching beds right next to each other. Oh, it's so great. Um, they decide, OK, well, we lost our jobs and maybe this is a sign. Maybe we should do something exciting. And they decide to... And Barb, Barb is like, oh, should we try um, those, uh, the, socks those socks where they go between the your toes? individual toes? <laughs> She's like, well, I was thinking of something a little different. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they decide to go to Vista Del Mar. Yeah. They decide to throw caution to the wind and go to Vista Del Mar, despite all of Barb's kind of paranoias about currents in the ocean and yeah. <laughs> all of her fears and it's, it's so cute it is and i the, love it there's like an amazing little packing sequence montage mm-hmm. where <laughs> yeah they're just you see they're sort of like you know not very effective but definitely well-meaning so funny uh, decision making yeah. um so yeah i i don't want to go through every single like scene and yeah, joke because we're Del we don't want to like have a ton mm-hmm. we don't have a ton of time but basically they go to Vista Del Mar. They attempt to go to a hotel, <laughs> and there's an entire there's musical number. And, and then it turns out end. it turns out that they don't actually have a reservation. When they're singing the what is the name of the the they, Palm they, Vista? They say motel. And they're like, wait, yeah. did you just say motel? Oh, you have get to get out. This is the hotel. Get Palm out. Vista Hotel. <laughs> Palm Vista Motel is over there across two parking lots. And, yes. Uh, so they go to Palm Vista Motel, and it's terrible. They they ask if they can stay at the hotel, but it's all booked up. So they go to the motel. And the motel is horrendous the pool isn't even filled up the guy at the front desk asks them if they want 
uh, sheets and towels and but uh, no pillows okay no (laughs) pillows uh it's it's great it's like a thoroughly terrible experience right it's so hard to not go through every single beat and joke i know because it's so funny i love it all so much i'm like oh i want to miss this will be a a recap heavy episode we haven't really done that yet um so then they they try and go out to the empty pool with the weird man playing solitary yes. in the bottom. They're like, well, I like the designs of all the stains in the pool. That's mm, nice. Like a pattern. <laughs> um, but they decide to go to the Palm Vista yeah. Hotel and sneak into the pool. And uh, they do get caught. But the manager at the other hotel is like, OK, look, we have an opening at the hotel um, because some families a family died they vanished no yeah, they just they, disappeared right they vanished and it's like i don't <laughs> so okay funny. but barb and star don't really question it they're like you know what i want a room that's fine yeah. it's great so they end up at the palm vista hotel and that's where edgar is too um, and they meet in the lobby or they're, they're at the bar or something the hotel yeah, bar yeah and it's kind of been established that like edgar has it bad for sharon oh, gordon yeah. fisherman like he thinks they're a She's stringing him on. Yeah, and he, he all he wants, he wants to do, he wants to be, be an, an official, official couple. <laughs> and so like, cute. that's so sweet. Yes. But she's really stringing him along. She's not a good person, obviously, because she's trying to kill a bunch of people. Um, but yeah, so he he's feeling down because she's not taking him seriously. Yeah. And she's not you know she giving him the affection he, yeah she's like really like she's visit. yeah she's busy hanging out with this kid yo-yo <laughs> uh who she thinks is fascinating and uh, let's be fair he is yeah <laughs> i mean i would want to hang out with yo-yo too but i don't think i would want to hang out with him over jamie dornan mm, yeah, uh good point good point <laughs> so then um so yeah they meet uh edgar meets barb and star in the uh hotel bar they strike up a conversation in a very awkward way and they ended up and they end up buying drinks for each other mm-hmm. and they buy this one drink that's called the berry treasure. treasure and there's like <laughs> fucking valium or something in the bottom of yeah that. so it's like this giant fishbowl drink oh, and they all drink it together in like a record time the bartender's like holy shit you already finished that and they're like Listen, yeah but where's the buried treasure no one can put down alcohol like a midwestern bitch oh absolutely i love that for yes, them yes so yeah they and yeah they end up finding the buried treasure which is at the bottom and it's some sort of like i don't know if it's like ecstasy or like volume or what <sighs> but I love yeah, it. Probably not it's such a good shot because what they do is they attach the camera to their seats basically uh-huh. at the bar and then the bar is like stationary and then you just they see like them it. like it pulls back and they just like drift off and that's when the drugs kick in <laughs> and then they, they proceed to have the best fucking drug trip and the best song that is so appropriate for this is the clubified version of um, Your Heart Will Go On My Heart Will Go On Wait, is that is that where yeah yeah i'm like am Titanic. i getting the lyrics yeah right? no okay yeah you got it you yeah got it, which is just like yeah. so perfect for that so mm-hmm. edgar drunk calls sharon gordon fisherman is like i have met some some these two middle-aged ladies and they're nice to me yeah. so i'm gonna go have fun with them yeah and they all end up sleeping together yes. like we cut immediately <sighs> to like them all stacked in a little like in their underwear sleeping on top of each other yeah oh, it's so cute it's yeah. like it's like star on the bottom yeah and then, then edgar, edgar and then barb edgar. and then a pillow yes <laughs> it's so cute so obviously they had an amazing threesome yes. that night uh, and it's so great because like 
they don't they, they don't make like, a thing of no it. it's like it's like normalizing friends sleeping with each other because yeah. they're, they're not like freaked out by it they're not weirded out it's not there's no sense of like homophobia or anything they're just like oh yeah we did that fun yeah. cool <laughs> yeah exactly it's fantastic uh so edgar gets a call from sharon gordon fisherman he goes he says thank you very he much leaves. but i gotta yeah. go um and then Barb and Star go about their day. They mm-hmm. go out onto the beach. They have some adventures. They buy some <laughs> friendship bracelets and stuff. Uh, and then later they uh, they get to talking. They're like, "Well, that 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 Edgar guy was nice." Star goes, oh, "Edgar was so nice." And Barb was like, "Who? Who? Is um, that his name, Edgar?" <laughs> yeah, and they're both still kind of he's he's in yeah. Their thoughts. He's they're lingering. like they're trying to play it off. They're like, "Oh yeah, that didn't like matter that much." But you know, it kind of it definitely did. Um, meanwhile, Edgar, I can't remember what he was up to. He he lost the thing. Oh, he lost it right. that night. He there's lost, a MacGuffin. Yeah, there's was, a MacGuffin. So the microchip. Yeah. They, she gave him, um, Sharon gives him the microchip mm-hmm. for the homing device and puts it in this like belt compartment thing and he loses it. Right. And so he's panicking. Right. And so he calls her and says, I'm sorry. She says that she can get another microchip to him and she'll mm-hmm. send somebody for it. Um, right. But yeah, so Barb and Star, they get to talking and they're like, well, you know what? Um, I I can't do another night like last night. Let's just stay in. Yeah. So I kind of just want to stay in, work on my journal, and have a couple of weekends. <laughs> have a couple of weekends. Same girl. Oh, uh, it's it, a big mood. <laughs> um, and but but so Barb uh, sneaks out while Star is practicing she says her. She's going to have a bath. Yeah, yeah. That Star is practicing her calligraphy. And it's their calligraphy. first time lying to each other. I know. Oh. It's and it's like over a guy, guys. Yeah. Like, come on. It sucks. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, Barb goes out. She sees Edgar and like she's definitely flirting with him for a while. But then they go out kind of on a date. Yeah, they walk around the beach they go on the boardwalk they they, do a paddle boat yeah and like as it's going she's expressing some feelings about herself and her journey because her relationship her husband ron quicksilver died tragically Mm -hmm. and she has she's been a little bit afraid to live right Mm -hmm. because she she was a little hesitant to go to visit el mar and um she's been worried about currents Mm -hmm. and new experiences yeah and and she says wow like being with you last night like having that experience has made me realize that like I can live again that's so yes. nice she has this like beautiful epiphany yeah meanwhile and basically says nothing the whole time he's just such a good active listener though yeah like, he's, he's like listening he's and so earnest eye and contact sweet. it's so cute him. Um, but then she's like, oh, my God, wait, I lied to Star. I have to get back to the hotel room right now. And I wasted all that water. <laughs> the bath's been <laughs> running the whole the time. It's like, the bath isn't. OK, it's fine. Yeah. So um, so she goes back. Yeah. And, and she, she and it leaves on the note. I think you mentioned, but like she's she's basically let go of feelings that she may have had for yeah. him. And she's like, you know what? This can't be. Mm-hmm. I I got to get back to Star. And yeah. like, thank you. I've I made this self-discovery and that's what I needed from this. And, exactly. And now I'm ready to move on with my life yeah. <laughs> yeah and then star who had been writing a letter to edgar um well barb comes back to the room <laughs> sees that star is already in bed quote unquote sleeping <laughs> and then such um, a good bit too <laughs> and, and she like drew a face on a pillow yeah we cut to the pillow and like she drew a face with a sharpie and like barb <laughs> totally buys it but well, or will you find out face, later yeah, yeah. um <laughs> yeah, so then we see Star go to Edgar's room, and he 
also goes on a little walk with her. And she lays it on thick. Yeah. She's like stretching in this like yoga pose, like <laughs> downward dog for him. So yeah, funny. But they great. go on the exact same date. It's yeah. so funny. Like beat the for ice beat, cream, the, the same, paddle boat. But like the same couples pass by. Like it's Wait, a really? Re- yeah. You oh, did, so, funny. so it's a recreation, like shot for shot of like the exact same date. It's <sighs> so funny. I love it. And but, even like the conversation has the same points. Like mm-hmm. they talk about Halloween costumes that they both dressed yeah. up as and like their past relationships. Yeah. yeah so and, good. And Star expresses that like, you know, because she got cheated on. That's why she's not with her ex-husband anymore. And she felt disgusting. She didn't feel good about herself for so long. But then the night last night with Edgar really made her feel like better and desirable and not disgusting. And um, she also expresses that like, you know, you shouldn't have to like convince someone to love you, you know, and he like looks at her and is like, wow, yeah, you're you're right. That really resonated with him. so cute. Um, And so he has the best facial expressions. He's just very welcoming. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's like, yes, tell me everything. Very warm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then she realizes that she lied to Barb and Barb is thinks she's asleep. So she has to get back to the uh, room. But before I go, like, gosh, Edgar, I need you inside of me. <laughs> so they, have, they fuck nasty real quick on the beach. Edgar is like blown away. He's like, wow, that was like really, really good. Like that felt so lovely. That was like new and special. Yeah. Like, yeah. And um, so, yeah, then she goes away. She goes talks, back to the yeah. hotel. She and Barb lie to each other yeah. about how their evenings went. And they both uh, they, refer to meeting a baby turtle yeah. in their life. It's like, what? <laughs> you went to a turtle's home? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and like it, it kind of seems like they might know that the other one is lying, but they don't want to call each other on yeah. it. Um, so yeah, then the next day... Uh, Edgar meets with the person that Sharon sent to give him the microchip. And it's like this elaborate thing. He like calls and then he shows up in like sort of disguise and he like keeps trying to be slick, but Mm -hmm. he reveals all this stuff about himself and it becomes like a running gag. Yeah. He's like not a, (laughs) damn it. Like every time he reveals a new piece of information. That was private. (laughs) Um, So that's kind of like going on as Barb and Star are, you know, going to the port, uh, going out to the beach again. Getting characters done. Yeah. And they're about to go, like, they're about to go on this banana boat ride that they've been thinking about, but then... It's a real tip flapper. <laughs> but then Star sees Edgar, and she's like, well, I may want to get a piece of that. Yeah. So she pretends to be sick, <laughs> uh, Lizzie McGuire movie style, yeah. and <laughs> goes off to see Edgar and so and she leaves uh Barb alone and she's like well you can like go 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 have fun go have your experiences but Barb's like I'm just gonna go right in the business center she also is lying about her experiences yeah because she feels guilty having these experiences without star yeah so then we have a really really cute montage of like star and edgar going out and like doing romantic things together and sleeping together it's so cute and then barb is out like learning to ride a motorcycle going snorkeling like a drum circle like walking (laughs) on coals meeting tommy bahama it's so fantastic (laughs) and like badass yeah and at the same time edgar like doesn't answer sharon's calls a couple times and so you see these three people kind of like oh like Finding their groove, yes. finding something that they care They're about. All like, yeah, going, yeah, going on these really awesome arcs of self discovery and like 
regaining their autonomy and also mm-hmm. finding their shimmer. It's great. So we also find out some more about Sharon. Uh, oh, she yeah, has a backstory. Yeah, she has a vendetta against Vista Del Mar uh, for reasons that have to do with like being bullied uh, and mm-hmm. losing friends as a kid. At the seafood jam. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So she was like publicly humiliated at an event that happens every year. And this year it's happening. And that's where the attack of the mosquitoes is going to be. Yep. Also, side note, I love that it's mosquitoes because it's Florida. Yeah. Like it's so it's so perfectly Florida coated. Really they understand is. the mosquitoes are pretty much the biggest threat that you're going to find. In um, Florida. <laughs> other than like alligators the, the, or the you know people. oh yeah <laughs> the anti-lgbt stuff yeah. that's happening yeah um, yeah it's great uh <sighs> yeah so yeah we well things transpire uh let's see eventually barb and star realized that they lied to each other mm-hmm. and they're both sad about it and then they're kidnapped by sharon uh, who is mad that they were hanging out with Edgar. Yeah, Sharon lies to to um, oh, yes. Edgar and tells them that they're spies yeah. and that this whole time, you know, they were playing him. Yeah. And so he gets upset and, and Barb overhears Edgar talking to Sharon on the phone mm-hmm. saying, you know, learning his true identity. So it's like, it's a lot of like miscommunication, mm-hmm. a lot of... Like discovering um, things about each yeah. other. They get tied up. Yeah. Uh, Barb and Star are fighting because yeah. they both lied to each other yeah um, edgar but yeah they do get kidnapped yeah. by edgar because sharon tells him to take them out yeah. oh and also like at the end i totally forgot about this at the end of the montage um star and edgar decide to be an official couple together too mm-hmm. like that's that's one other thing that happened yeah um and so when sharon tells him that oh they were lying they're spies really really, really hurts, hurts his feelings yeah which is why he betrays them mm-hmm. um so yeah then sharon gordon fisherman takes Barb and Star up to this cliff and sets some alligators really quick, on them. One of my... Oh, no, you're fine. Um, when, uh, when Edgar is like... He ties them together before they get to the cliff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they're, he like ties them up with rope and they use their bracelets that they previously mentioned are really sharp. They have these <laughs> seashell friendship bracelets yeah. and they use those to like saw the, the rope and free themselves. Yeah. But I just love this joke so much because they ask Edgar like... I can't remember. He tells a story about... I think he just They say, like, why about, would you be involved in yeah, judging so terrible? Yeah, You're going to kill so and many he people. Goes, he sits down. He pulls up a chair. <laughs> and he proceeds to go pour on this like huge yeah pour us a lot but like they're able to escape while he's sitting right there in front of him and it's such a funny joke because <laughs> so it's like every time he looks back at them they just like freeze and, he's and they're still, like in a goofy position yeah, that and makes he's it so obvious like there. absorbed in his own trauma that he yeah. just doesn't even notice i love that but yeah anyway sorry yeah. sharon takes them to a cliff yeah sets some alligators <laughs> on love, them and leaves yeah i love that she's like they're gonna eat you and then and then so they jump off the cliff yep but they're like what do we do we either are gonna get eaten by alligators or die on this cliff mm-hmm. and they they jump off the cliff and they're they they think they're gonna die and then they're culottes like you hear <laughs> the sound of parachutes opening <laughs> they're cool and they're culottes like them. expanded into parachutes they float down gracefully it's wonderful it's fantastic they make up and they 
need to go stop the thing that's yeah, going to happen. Because, oh my God, thousands of people are about to yeah, die. Yeah, because Remember the Festival that? Seafood Jam is happening. Yeah. And the mosquitoes are on their way. Yo-Yo is driving this little submarine <laughs> full of, like, it's got like a tank of mosquitoes yeah, on the back. Climaxes. And yeah, it's great. Um, They run into Edgar, who says, I'm so sorry. I want to help you guys. Yeah. Um, And he, like, there's the homing beacon, right, that was in the Seafood Jam. Uh-huh. And so they realized they need to take it out into the middle of the ocean where no one is. Um, and Edgar says like, oh, it's okay. I'll, I'll go. I'll take it because I have the antidote. He, uh, because Sharon had given him the antidote earlier. Mm -hmm. He takes it and it's lemon infused iced tea. Yes. And he realizes she always intended him for him to die. She took the antidote for herself. (laughs) So terrible. Mm. Um, so Barb and Star escape and they ride a skidoo out Mm -hmm. into the middle of the ocean with these, uh, with the homing device. So they're in the middle of where the mosquitoes are going to be. But at the same time, Sharon Gordon Fisherman threw some stuff related to her trauma. She gets shot out of a cannon. cannon. (laughs) She gets shot out of a cannon. Um, And she has impeccable aim because she lands on them when they're on the jet ski. She like lands right on them. Yeah. They have a bit of a fight. There's a kerfuffle. And then uh, eventually, you know, after the struggle in the water, Barb and Star end up underwater, uh, convinced that they're going to they die. They have this silent conversation with each other just yeah. by looking, and they're like, this is it. This is really it. Well, I love you. And they reminisce about mm-hmm. everything they've experienced together, their memories. Yeah. Um, and then... And then... So I want to go back for a little while. Okay, okay. So a there's a part yes. at the beginning didn't mention, where they're on very the plane <laughs> where they together talk about how their favorite name ever is Trish. Mm-hmm. And they have like a an emotional and, and spiritual connection with the name Trish. And over the course of a flight from Nebraska to Florida, they make up this whole story and this whole uh, lore about Trish. This character named Trish. Yeah, they like establish. Oh, great at holidays. She loves holidays. You can really count on her. Yeah, she's so like she's so well developed and deep. And I kind of get the feeling that like maybe uh, Kristen Wiig and Annie. Mumolo, mm-hmm. um have similar experiences where they're like, oh yeah, like let's talk about this character, let's build her out, right? And by How the t- they yeah. world build and like right. together, yeah. And so by the time they get off the plane, mm-hmm. they're talking about how Trish. You know, she she had cancer and it was so sad, but she decided to take her own life instead. She cast she herself off of a cliff and into she hit the every water. rock down the way. <laughs> yeah. And now there's a beautiful spirit out there. And you know what her name is. It's, it's Trish. Trish. <laughs> oh, Trish. Yeah. So they love Trish. Yeah. It's it's such like a sort of embodiment of their, uh, you know, their friendship, their the creative and, nature yeah. of their collaboration. It's yeah. so great. So they're underwater, and it's About kind of this die. part of their, you know, their life flickering before their eyes, and then they see a bright light. And then next thing we know, uh, they are being lifted by a wave back onto the beach. And 
Edgar goes, uh, they, they land safe. Edgar goes, wait, what happened? How are you still alive? And they look back into the ocean and Reba McIntyre is there. <laughs> she's Trish and she's the one with the ocean. She yes. looks fabulous. She has dolphins she has this, on the like, side of her. She's amazing long oh wig. God, I she's love her. She's totally glimmering in the sun Trish. and she saves them. And it's Trish. It's Trish. Trish saved them. I, I lost my fucking mind when that happened the first time I saw this movie. I was like, oh my God, it's Trish. It's like, so good. It's so emotionally like oh, perfect. And yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much one for like the the creative power of collaboration and friendship totally. and like if you put your emotion into something that it can like become real yeah, in a sense you can bring it to life in yeah. its own way and like it felt so good and I was yeah. like oh yes that's it so beautiful yeah but then we're not done yet there's more because they're out of <gasps> danger but Sharon Gordon Fisherman who went down with the mosquitoes she emerges she emerges she took the antidote for herself and she's covered in mosquito bites yet she is alive and she's the antidote and she's about to vow revenge or something Mm -hmm. but then uh Barb interrupts her and says no you're gonna listen to my friend Star she's very good with words (laughs) listen to what she's saying to you and Star comes up and she says wait what? She sees right through what's going yeah. on. And she says, "Oh, you're you're in a lot of pain, aren't you? No. You don't have any friends, do you?" And and Sharon says, "I've never had a friend. No one's ever wanted to be my friend." And Star says, "Well, I'll be I'll your, be your friend." friend. And the entire crowd of people the whole there, beach filled with people, they will be her friend. I'll be your friend too. And it's this swell of love. And and Sharon's meet. She at first she's a little resistant, but then she's like, "Wait, no, like." Oh yes, I'm ready to be loved. Who I'm wants ready to, to be have my first friends. friend. <laughs> oh, it's so cute. And even Edgar says, "Well, yeah, that's a little weird, it's but little I'll be weird. your friend." <laughs> yes, it's so Aww. cute. Like it's such a great, um, like emotional culmination mm-hmm. of this movie because, like the the fun, skittery, bubblegummy vibe. Um, it's all focused on like friendship and how we feel when we're together. Yes, and the fact that the main the main villain just needed. A friend and to be loved like that's so sweet yeah it it really like the ending encapsulates the whole point of the movie so well yeah it's so and good. it's so silly and so heartwarming <laughs> it's fantastic and then last couple lines are uh the th- the fantastic threesome mm-hmm. i guess is barb and star and edgar uh <laughs> deciding to go back to the bar and get another buried treasure <laughs> and round two <laughs> we we love a little a little loose thruple there yeah um so yeah it's and that's the end yeah that's oh my movie. god oh, it's so it's so good like i thank you for taking us through that, that was i can't so express fun. like how sweet it is to see people just like bonding and loving yes, each other and, it's wonderful and looking past these human flaws that we all have and mm-hmm. these insecurities and these you know moments of of trauma that we're working through and just loving and forgiving each other mm-hmm. it's so nice it's it's so great it's so um, good anyway that Recap lasted quite a bit of time. Yeah. Let's take a quick take break, a break and then we're going to analyze when we come back. Okay. See okay. you soon. Winterhawk Podcasting presents Lower 48, a horror storytelling podcast presented bi-weekly starting March 8th. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Welcome back, listeners. Hi. We hope you're feeling as happy as we are. You you really nailed it, Dex. I I definitely um, feel quite elated after going through that whole plot. <sighs> Me too. It's and, just... Ugh. And also, like, if any of our listeners haven't watched the movie, I hope that this was sufficient to get it. Well, I mean, definitely more than a sense of how good it is. But uh, yes, we we have some analysis that we want to go into. But yeah. also just like, go, go watch this movie. It's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You won't regret it. Um, yeah. So I know, like, we talked about we wanted to kind of focus on, like, how their relationships lead to... Um, or lend to like character development and stuff do you want to start with that um yeah sure actually i was thinking uh on the break there's this so kristen wig plays two characters in this movie right she plays star and sharon gordon fisherman i don't know why i keep saying her whole name probably because i just really like it. that's the character's name (laughs) yeah (laughs) um so they i think that it's very effective to like look at them as sort of foils right Mm. um because star partially because they also share a love interest right i mean mm-hmm. sharon doesn't real isn't really interested in it but there's a love triangle but there's, there's yeah. kind of a love triangle um but when you compare star's experience of like romance betrayal her self-worth her self-perception to sharon's uh perception of her own self-worth it's very very interesting and i was thinking about like because Sharon, she had childhood trauma and it caused her to want to take revenge on everybody and everything and wipe out Vista Del Mar. Um, and it's this very, like, stuck in the past vibe. Yeah. Um, she's obviously very smart. She's obviously very capable. But she's so stuck in, like, the things that hurt her in the past. Mm. Whereas Star is very, like, open. And she's having experiences that allow her to not just face the past, but also, like, heal from it, right? Like, her experience with Edgar allows her to feel loved and desirable for the first time in forever. And it's kind of this feeling of, like, well, moving forward is is the best thing to do. Moving moving forward and searching for something that will make you feel better is way better than kind of stewing in the past, Totally, and not, not like a sense of denial of the trauma that mm-hmm. they've been through because because star does like you said she allows herself to heal and she she does still kind of hold space for that pain mm-hmm. but she doesn't like face it in the same way mm-hmm. that that sharon does like you yeah, said yeah absolutely that's such a good point the um the kind of because before she kind of figures things out with edgar gets together with edgar um she keeps calling herself disgusting and mm. just like expressing that no man could ever be attracted to me obviously her relation her betrayal by her ex-husband carmine was really really impactful and it's i mean it's not quite like the same as what happened to sharon but it's obvious that they're both very impacted and their self-perception is very impacted mm-hmm. by the hurt that other others caused them but star allows herself to change right she says oh well this experience helped me realize that i am desirable that i am uh vivacious and and vibrant and actually yes uh you know desirable yes and also like having someone close to you um because she is surrounded by people who adore her like um Barb and Edgar both really, really care about her yeah. so much. Barb is constantly hyping her up, saying, like, oh, you could model for Ethan Chico's <laughs> or Costco, the Kirtland, Kirtland brand. 
like they're so positive and they see each other in such a good light and Mm -hmm. sometimes when you've been hurt like that it really becomes necessary to allow yourself to be reflected by others instead of just stewing in who who you think you are you know sometimes that's the only way to see a kind of more true version of yourself Mm -hmm. after you've been kind of stuck in this mindset for so long yeah Yeah. like knocked down because mm -hmm. yeah the things that happen to us are very they can change our habits they can change how we see ourselves and they can change how we think about the world and um we definitely also see that with barb as well it's like she's scared of everything after her husband ron quicksilver died um which it's really funny ron quicksilver died at a stampede in a uh, a Black Friday, a Black sale? Friday sale for because big they screen had televisions. They had big screen TVs for two ninety nine. I did get one. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great, but like, there's this feeling of like she allowed that to define her. But then, as soon as she opened herself up to an experience of like, let's go to Vista Del Mar, let's trust that my yeah. friend has like a good idea and that she cares about yes. me and she's going to take care of me, like that trust that they have and the experiences that they pursue together a whole new world yeah and it allows them to move forward in Mm -hmm. such an interesting way yeah and kind of like experience a character shift totally yeah i love that yeah i think that that's i had never actually considered um analyzing both star and sharon gordon fisherman in that way Mm -hmm. especially since kristen wig plays both of them that's really cool thank you thanks um, yeah, I love that. I One thing that I really love about this movie, I already mentioned that it's so refreshing to have a movie that's written by women about middle-aged friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I think is so cool is these characters don't get caught up in, even though they do have kind of, you know, um, maybe not the, the most positive self-perception, they don't allow themselves to get caught up in these like stereotypical uh, milestones that mm-hmm. that society deems as like you know what makes you successful or like okay. accepted. So like for instance, yeah, expound on that. They're not they they don't ever um they're not like what was me? Oh, we never had children. They're not full of regrets. Like yeah, like they they both um are no longer in marriages mm-hmm. and like they do kind of express a little bit of like pain and and loss in that sense but they're not they're not so concerned about you know these losses and in that like um you know they they haven't had kids they they didn't um achieve certain things that society thinks you know you should have by this age Mm -hmm. and i think that's so cool and they're more concerned actually about how other women perceive them than men like even though which i think is like so cool and and such something that doesn't really happen very often in a lot of stories um they also have two very different paths of self-discovery which i think is so cool because um star is more you know on this like journey of well she does discover herself and like you said she's able to let go of a lot of her own pain and trauma Mm -hmm. and see herself as someone who's desirable and and valuable Mm -hmm. to others um she does have this like romantic connection with edgar um whereas you know barb is out there learning how to ride a motorcycle Mm -hmm. you know she's walking on coals and like they they're not um compared in a way that like one is better than the other Mm -hmm. they don't disparage at all against either like journey which i think is like 
I love that. Like, I think we need more examples of how middle-aged women mm-hmm. are able to, in their own way, you know, refine themselves. Yeah, and like, gain that. get their groove back. Yeah. And, like, and shimmer. because often, as women, it's very easy to, um, like, once you get married, that's, like, the end of it. Yeah. Like, okay, I... I well, I Checked guess having kids, boxes, like, yeah, like, you check off boxes as you go. Like, I, okay, I, I fell house, in love. I I, yeah. yeah. But they definitely, like, they're not trying to move forward. They're trying to find something within themselves. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons they decide to go to Vista Del Mar is because they feel like they've lost their shimmer. Mm-hmm. And that shimmer is different for both of them, but it's, it's like tied together. Yeah. And they, like, they are sort of rounded out and made to shimmer by each other mm-hmm. and by each other like flourishing and blooming as a person um and like these different milestones that you were talking about like it doesn't have to be like because they they lose their job they're not in a very good place financially obviously um they did get severance but it's not like yeah um, you know obviously they're not like successful yeah they don't have in high school career, education yeah yeah way. but like they don't I have a habit of pursuing a goal or saying like, okay, I just need to be here and I'll be happy. Or I just need to be here oh, and I'll totally. be happy. Right. If and I, I feel can like just a lot of people achieve this next yeah. thing, then I'll be happy. Or yeah. yeah. Or if I can get the right experience, the right thing. But what Barbara and Star do is they kind of serve as mirrors for each other and they're able to, you know, delve into themselves and, and discover something about them instead of achieving something about themselves mm-hmm. uh, or, or achieving something external. Right. It's so cool. Which which then, like, I think that that's such a good way to live life because those other achievements will come naturally. You know, if you're in a place where you are doing the things that bring you joy and happiness and are, you know, opening your world to new experiences, like... Mm-hmm the rest will fall into place, you know? Yeah. I I think that discovering yourself and exploring like different aspects of yourself that you may not have known were there for a long time. um, It's, but it's it's, easy to like, I feel like it's easy to not prioritize that. Right. mm -hmm. Like when we're in the grind of like trying to, yeah, achieve the next thing. Like, yeah. And, and it's so, it, you spend so long sticking labels on things that you forget that like there's a part of you that's very human Mm -hmm. that can't be labeled and shouldn't be labeled because it's your shimmer it's like something it's a force of creation and happiness and like and it's going to shift and evolve exactly and, and that's okay that's part of the human experience exactly like the people like it's not just about like getting back to the person you were before a bad thing happened to you it's about bringing that evolution in and getting to a place where you understand yourself more because of the filters of what happened to you right and um, and that's totally what they do with these characters with all of them yeah even (gasps) even sharon gordon fisherman like sharon she's so obsessed with this idea of vengeance Mm -hmm. and like obviously she's been working her entire life towards destroying Vista Del Mars for vengeance and it's like that's not gonna make you feel better first of all I think we all know that after like lots of revenge movies (laughs) Um, fair share of revenge films yeah but 
this idea of like what you think you want isn't quite what you need Mm -hmm. but when you do like explore yourself and find that thing that you need it feels better than getting what you thought you wanted right like because if she had killed everyone in the seafood bash like she wouldn't have any friends she would have been even more alone and yeah she wouldn't have even known that she was capable of making friends but when you take that chance and say oh like maybe the thing that I thought I wanted doesn't have to be the thing that defines me. You open yourself up to learning and connecting in very, very new, incredible ways. Yes. This movie has a lot of like hope and optimism, not just like on the surface of like, Oh, things are going to be okay and get better. It's, it's baked into the narrative of how these characters evolve in the world. Like, even when things aren't okay, it's Mm -hmm. okay because of who you're surrounding yourself with Mm -hmm. and the love and friendship that we are, like, constantly, you know, garnering. Yeah, exactly. I personally don't always find a villain redemption arc to be um, earned or, like, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of times I just find it annoying. I'm like, no, like, ah, they don't. They're evil. Yeah. But but this is one that I can absolutely get behind, mm-hmm. especially because of how it comes to fruition mm-hmm. with Star, you know, being able to see the pain and the hurt. And yeah. like And like the vulnerability, like there's so many good vulnerable moments with these characters where they just mm-hmm. allow themselves to be raw and like yeah. be seen for like who they really are and and people are, you know, they they receive that with love and kindness and mm-hmm. like compassion, and yeah. that is that is what the human experience is about. Mm-hmm. It is about having compassion yeah. and about you know pushing through the pain and still having that love. You know, mm-hmm. surrounding yourself with the love. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and love this I think that Barb and Star's like sort of journey of like lying to each other and falling out kind of and not being sure that they're going to be able to forgive each other, mm-hmm. that makes them more able to help Sharon because, yeah. you know, they fought for a friendship and, and they for a second felt like it was like how it was to not have a friend. Yeah. And they realized like, oh, like they don't wish that upon anyone. Yeah, that's what I feel. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's that's what she's feeling. And the thing that helped me feel better was a friend. So maybe she needs a friend. Like, we are such social creatures. We're mm-hmm. supposed to all be... We're, we're supposed to take care of each other. Yeah. Um, and they very much emotionally take care of each other yeah. uh, in this movie. Hmm. Um, and, and, like, going back to kind of, like having these goals that you're striving for and not, you know, allowing yourself to explore. So I was thinking a little bit about Barb and Star and their sort of like conversational patterns. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they just like talk in the world. Words bubble up. They're so like open and visible. Um, but then you contrast to Talking Club and like how the women interact in talking clubs. It's very sterile. It's stilted. And, it's uh-huh. like there are rules to yeah. how we go about connecting. There are rules to how we comport ourselves. Mm-hmm. But they discover themselves when they stop following the rules and start yeah, saying, "This free is the themselves thing, from that structure." Yeah, this is the thing that makes me feel good. Mm. Um, the expectation of following some kind of rule book is can be very harmful and can keep your walls up really, really yeah. badly. And uh, yes, I, I love also that. think that it's so 
the aesthetic of the movie kind of reflects that because the, the movie is very like turquoise and pink yes. uh lots of like bright All colors the, yeah the uh, vivid, very very kitschy yes. and like they buy cheap necklaces and bracelets they I talk about how, it or not all the puns <laughs> they talk about how they like tommy bahama and costco and like it's sort of this feeling of like these things are not luxury these things are not how am i expressing this they're not seen as valued by society a lot mm. of people would be like oh that's yeah, trash right which is kind of like and, a yeah. touristy thing sure. right that makes sense but they're able to take joy from those things mm-hmm. so even though they're not the things that society may think they're not concerned about that yeah they're not concerned they don't even notice it brings because them joy. <laughs> yeah because they're so connected and they're so able to take accounting of their own feelings and their own happiness yeah that that's where that's where it all comes from you know yes. they, they they can abandon this feeling of like i have to be this way yeah know? yeah Ugh. I think that this movie, the reason why it gives me so much hope and mm. joy is because I want to be like Barb and Star. Like, yeah. I would love to live my life. And I'm not saying just go on an amazing vacation and, like, Which would also be love, awesome. Like, whatever. But, but the way, like, their philosophy and the way that they approach life is just so inspiring Mm -hmm. and I love it so much and friendship is so important and like I'm so grateful I feel so blessed like anytime I get down on myself and and start to compare myself to other you know others um success and and where they're at in terms of you know various things um I just remind myself that like the thing that really matters to me is that that connection the Mm -hmm. human connection and the relationships that I have in my life and I feel so rich in really amazing friendships and you're part of that Dex and like I love you so much and I'm so I'm just so glad that like we're gonna be Barb and Star for Halloween. Oh my god, we're gonna be Barb and Star for Halloween. <laughs> we decided so last week when we watched this together again, and and I was like, oh my god, yes, we must. I'm so, so excited. It's look out be for great. that in a couple months. We will post pics. We'll absolutely post it. And we have some other things kind of planned for Halloween. I don't yeah, want to. We have wanna, some goodies. I don't want to spill too fast, you. but we definitely are going to be having a lot of fun. Yes. Horror is one of my favorite genres to analyze. Um, we got some good stuff lined up, but. Mm-hmm. This is not horror. Sorry. I don't no, want to no. like We're distract from this. It's fine. I, this yeah. movie's great. Yeah. Was there anything else that you wanted to cover or I feel pretty good. I feel like, um, yeah, yeah we, I, I feel I, content. I feel yeah, very good. good. This, this oh, was nice. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, thank you for joining us listeners. Uh, it's been great to hopefully have you here. If you listened this far, then that means you were here. And if you, didn't you're not hearing our thanks so we're good um it was so thank you so much for listening yeah we appreciate yeah we appreciate your time if you want to follow us on social media we're bisexually underscore lit on instagram and also twitter we're really only active on instagram i think uh we are on tiktok at bisexually lit pod you can email us with 
comments or suggestions at bisexuallylitpod at gmail.com. And be sure and check out some of the other shows on our network, Winterhawk Podcasting. Um, we do, I, I think the other shows on the network are on hiatus currently, mm-hmm. but we've got some really good stuff in yeah. the past. And they're still posting like some content, a couple of them, so, or one of them. <laughs> yeah. So check it out. Yeah. <laughs> and they're definitely going to be um, posting more soon. Yes. So we've got really good things. Um, yeah. We love you and uh, we hope that you find your shimmer. If you lost it, it's out there. It's out there <laughs> on the horizon. <laughs> and so is Trish. <laughs> okay, bye. bye. <laughs>